Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week we are talking about E3 and how it is not happening anymore. Uh, did you do, uh, like, we'll get to this. But, like, do you think it will ever happen again? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I mean yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll chat. We'll chat. But, yeah. Um, well, you got me thinking about that now, John. And then now I can't. I, I lost my whole train of thought. Uh, we also <laughs> Sorry, have, I'm introducing oh, weird hypotheticals. Oh, that uh, We also that. have uh, news from both PlayStation and Xbox about their subscription services. But first, what have you been up to this week, John? Man, I feel like not a ton. Um, I did. Uh, I've been playing, you know, more Apex. Um, it's, we're we're about halfway through whatever the current season is, and uh, and I've been playing a lot of ranked. And uh, they split the season in half, basically, with ranked, where like they they put you back down like a little bit, so like you have like oh half of a season to, to rank up as much as you can in the ranked matches, and then you go back down. But I I topped out like the the like highest I've ever been uh in in a season before i'm you know in, in the old the diamonds tier or whatever and so uh so i was very happy to to have cracked that and and for somebody who doesn't play with a team at all and only like solo go, goes in solo with uh with randoms with two randoms um i feel like that's pretty good <laughs> nice um but yeah that, there's that and then uh oh oh i played their uh last I think it was last month. It might it might not be available uh, for people anymore, but there was uh, some games with gold, and one of the games with gold like has always like struck me as like hey a, a game that I I would like to play. It's called Never Yield, um and uh, and it is a like a, a sort of like an endless runner, but it's like super stylish. Like it's like uh it's got this like super cool um art style, and it's got like hip hop cool hip hop music with it. It kind of reminds me of uh like stylistically of like a uh a jet set radio um or something like that you know like it's it's that that kind of a style and it was pretty fun like uh as i was playing it you basically your character runs and you can like tell them tell your character to sprint and to duck underneath things and jump over things and to do cool moves in the air um and you're just basically trying to escape people chasing you and uh jumping over fences and sliding underneath things as you go it was very fun i played it for uh for for a little while on one evening and uh very much enjoyed it um it's uh you know it's just very arcadey kind of fun on uh, on that one so if it is still available to anybody um hit up your games with gold because it's it's on there for uh for free um, for gold subscribers to download. So uh, Never Yield is that one. Um, but that's pretty much it, dude. Uh, what have you been up to this week? It's a great question, John. <laughs> um, did I talk about uh, going to see The Lost City yet? Remind me what The Lost City is. It's the movie. Oh, then I, then I totally haven't <laughs> done it yet. So uh, I, I guess it was last weekend then after the podcast uh, at some point. Went to see The Lost City. It's uh, the uh, the Channing Tatum, um, Sandra Bullock, uh, Brad Pitt movie that's uh, out right now. It's a comedy. Um, Sandra Bullock plays a uh, fiction novel 
writer, and Channing Tatum is the uh, Fabio-esque uh, cover model on the front of all of the paperback books that she sells, or not paperback, they're just books she sells. And uh, and the, she gets kidnapped, he tries to rescue her, and chaos ensues. It was very funny, lots of fun, and I liked it a lot. I dig it, I dig it. Yeah. It sounds uh, like a lot of fun. It's definitely, like, it was, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it has great actors in it. It's, it, it it's, it's enough of a, um, enough of a, uh, a, a unique concept that it, it, it felt fresh, which was good for a comedy. I feel like a lot of comedies sometimes, like, um, in that kind of vein aren't unique enough to feel. By the numbers, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um. I also, John, there's a new, I mean, you know, Netflix is putting out new movies or new things every single week. And so all the time, I also watched uh, a movie called Windfall. It has, um, who, uh, let me, hang on, let me, I can't ever, it's, I I always forget about his name. Let me look it up real quick. Um, Windfall. Is this where the wind comes crashing down to earth? Absolutely not. Similar Jesse, to Moonfall. Jesse Plemons, uh, and it's basically three people in this movie. Uh, actually, four. A total of four actors. Uh, Jesse Plemons, Jason Segal, and Lily Collins, and then um, Omar Leva. It's really good. Um, it's kind of a dark, dark uh, movie. It's got... Um, but it's good. It's interesting. Uh, let me... I'll just set up what happens in the first... Five minutes of this thing. Jason Seagal has broken into a house. The owners come home. He was not expecting them. And he holds them captive. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's that. Um, and then uh, I watched the movie, John, for the first time. Neighbors. I finally watched Neighbors and I watched Neighbors 2. With Zac Efron and Seth Rogen, uh, it's it was at, the first one was way better than the second one, but but the first one's fantastic. The second one I could take it or leave it, uh, but um, that one the, the first one's actually on sale on Apple right now for five bucks, so four ninety nine. Chris, I'm trying to determine in my brain if I've seen the first one or if I've only seen the trailers. I, I don't know. I mean, I you only only you will know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's really all, all I've been up to, John. Well then, Chris, I believe it is time for the news! The news! The news! So, uh, which one do you want to do first? So we got, we got, we got the two items. We got the PlayStation centric one. We got the 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 Xbox centric one. Which one do you want to do first? Um, so I've got the uh, the PlayStation one pulled up. If I, uh, I'll dive into that. If you Let's want to pull up the uh, Xbox one, so. Uh, this was announced, I guess, this week in some kind of PlayStation thing. This is three days ago. This is yeah. from the PlayStation blog. All new PlayStation Plus launches in June with 700 plus games and more value than ever. PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now come together. Players can choose from three flexible options. Um, they go through, um, so they say, since launching PlayStation Plus in 2010, Sony. Uh, SIE has been at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. Have they? We were thrilled to be the first console membership service that included a f- refreshed library of games through PlayStation Plus 
and also launched the first console game streaming service with PlayStation Now. I feel like they're trying to play some catch up here. They did actually. That those those things they, are true, Chris. Yeah, they're they're good marketing points, but they it just sucked. Uh, anyway, today we are pleased to share with you official news about changes coming to our subscription services. This June, we're bringing together PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now in an all-new PlayStation Plus subscription service that provides more choice to customers across three membership tiers globally. Our focus is on providing high-quality, curated content with a diverse portfolio of games. Below is an overview of the three membership tiers. All right, so here are the three membership tiers. PlayStation Plus Essential. This provides the same benefits that PlayStation Plus members are getting today, such as two monthly downloadable games, exclusive discounts, cloud storage for saved games, online multiplayer access. There are no charges for existing PlayStation Plus members in this tier. Uh, So, which means there are still charges, there's just no additional charges. Um, It remains the same in the United States. It's $10 monthly, $25 quarterly, or $60 yearly. Then there's PlayStation Plus Extra. All right. All the previous benefits, but adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalog and third-party partners. Games in this extra tier are downloadable for play. The price is $15 monthly, $40 quarterly, or $100 yearly. Then there's PlayStation Plus Premium. Provides all the benefits from essential and extra tiers and adds up to 340 additional games, including PS3 games available available via cloud streaming, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations, offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tiers in the markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. Hmm. Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier, so customers can try select games before they buy. The price is $18 monthly, $50 quarterly, or $120 yearly. Um, the uh, This PlayStation Plus Premium, it, that's basically PlayStation Now. Like That's like the streaming, the original version of PlayStation Now where everything was streaming. Um, yeah. That's like the early version of it. Um, the new, it continues, the new extra and premium tiers represent a major evolution for PlayStation Plus. With these tiers, our key focus is to ensure that the hundreds of games we offer will include the best quality content that sets us apart. At launch, we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. We are working closely with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences Available with a library that will be regularly refreshed. More details to come on the games we'll have on our new PlayStation Plus service. When the new PlayStation Plus service launches, PlayStation Now will transition into the new PlayStation Plus offering and will no longer be available as a standalone service. PlayStation Now customers will migrate over to PlayStation Plus Premium, which is that third tier. Yeah, it's the top tier. Yes. PlayStation Plus Premium. Um... Wait, wait, hang on. Yeah, to, with no increase to their current subscription fees at launch. At launch. Hmm. Uh, as this is a massive launch effort, we're rolling out the new PlayStation Plus offering in a phased regional approach. In the June timeframe, we'll begin with an initial launch in several markets in Asia, followed by North America, Europe, and the rest of the world where PlayStation Plus is offered. 
We aim to have most PlayStation Network territories live with our new PlayStation Plus game subscription service by the end of the first half of 2022. We also plan to expand our cloud streaming benefit to additional markets and we'll provide more details at a later date. Building upon more than 25 years of expertise in gaming innovation, this change to our subscription services highlights our continued efforts to evolve our network services business to match our customers' preferences. With the all-new PlayStation Plus, we're focused on delivering a compelling game subscription service with curated content from our exclusive PlayStation Studios team and our third-party partners. The newly enhanced PlayStation Plus will enable our fans to discover and engage with more content than ever before and deepen their connection with the PlayStation community through shared experiences. We're providing an early look at our new PlayStation Plus service subscription today, and we'll plan to share more information with you as we get closer to launch. Stay tuned. Interesting, Chris. Yep. I mean, um, they finally finally decided they wanted to compete with Game Pass. Yeah, like, and this is like, it's funny because like earlier this year, I uh, on this very podcast, I remember mentioning that like all of the retailers uh, had basically like sent back, like PlayStation was requiring like all the Game Stops and the Game Stores uh, all over the world to send back their PlayStation Now cards, like their physical cards. Um, so they weren't able to like sell those physical cards anymore. Um, and they were like, oh no, we're just, re- you know, we're revamping the service, blah, blah, blah. Um, but really what's happening is they were just rolling it in with, uh, PlayStation, uh, plus now. So like, so no more PlayStation now RIP. Right. Um, but that rolls into the, like in basically completely into the premium of the PlayStation plus premium tier. Right. Like that's the way I understand this. Yeah. Like and and so PlayStation Now used to be available without a PlayStation Plus membership. So I think that's where you get into the whole like you're not going to see an increase for you those subscri- at the moment like for the people that they roll back into the PlayStation Plus uh, premium because I think the PlayStation Plus premium is a little bit more expensive per year than the uh, PlayStation Now was by itself. Um, But if you did the PlayStation Now and also had PlayStation Plus, it's like it's it's, you know, the same price or less now. So, um, yeah, so like that's it's it's a very confusing to have the three different tiers um, but they are right. It does give people more choices. <laughs> um, I don't see, like, unless you're, like, super into, like, retro gaming, I don't see why you would do the PlayStation Premium stuff, um, like, or the PlayStation Plus Premium tier. I, I, I think that the, the extra tier kind of seems like that's, like, for the for the person who's not interested in playing retro games or, like, older games, um, I feel like that's the tier where they would uh, would get the most value. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's where they're gonna stick like uh, the 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 PlayStation those all those games they outlined, you know, like uh, yeah. Death Stranding and Miles Morales and all that kind of stuff. Which like, Miles Morales and uh, and re- what is it was Returnal on there too? Those are both about a year old. So like we're talking like games a year ago, you know. So um, those that's pretty pretty good. It's nowhere close to the whole like hey day and date thing that Xbox does with their games. Um, and in fact, like somebody had uh, on a, uh, Jim Ryan had a quote about this. So let me find it real quick. Um, somebody asked Jim Ryan about that. Oh yeah, here we go. Okay. So the games industry biz, uh, says the platform holder CEO discusses potential for game subscription services. So in a, uh, this is an article written by, uh, Christopher Dring says, uh, on a call with stockholders, 
Uh, Jim Ryan says, quote, we feel we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios, explains PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan, quote, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. <laughs> we like that cycle and we think our gamers like that cycle. <laughs> in terms of putting our own games into the service, or any of our services upon their release. So I guess so this is me talking. Uh, so on release date, uh, he says, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road we're going to go down with the new service. Uh, we feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle would be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think that the knock-on effect would be on the quality of games uh, would not be something that gamers would want. So, uh, anyway... Yeah, oh, so that, that last sentence, I, I said that wrong. So he says, uh, and we think that the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers would want. So, like, basically saying, like, if we put things on there day and day, the quality is going to suffer. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if any of that's true, but that's, like, the, the way that they're spinning it. Um, so, I don't know. It's just, it, it's, uh, this doesn't seem like as big of a shift as I kind of expected. Well, like, okay, so, like, the difference is, yeah, like, every single, well, okay, this is the major difference in my mind. Um, every single first-party Microsoft game is coming to Game Pass and they and stay in there. Like, they mm -hmm. don't go away. And not only are they, like, um, are they not going away, but then, like, every single time uh, Microsoft acquires a studio, all of their stuff's going on there, too. So, like, all mm -hmm. of Bethesda stuff is gradually going on there as like licensing deals and that kind of thing allow. And, um, and so uh, like, I mean, again, this is not a, is there, this is more of a, like they, they're trying to directly compete with Microsoft kind of situation now than, than we've seen before. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, and if I'm comparing the two services head to head, I'm still going to say that, uh, that Microsoft has the edge in this one. Yeah, I mean, there's a better value there, I feel like, because not only do you get like those first party games day and date for all, you know, for all first party studios, you, they also have a deal with uh, with EA right now where you get the EA yep. Play service. So yep. games that have been on EA, been out for EA for about a year, whatever, you know, or whatever, they, they get put on the service. Um, and then discounts on EA games through that same service. So like there's, there's all sorts of sorts of things like within both of those, essentially you're getting both of those services for just the singular price of, of a, of a, of a game pass subscription. And so I guess like for me, it just feels like this is, yeah, it's a step in that direction, but it's like a half step. It feels like, um, yeah, it's like, okay, I mean, we'll put some, we'll put our, our, our games on there, but they, the one, the only the ones that have been out for about a year and, uh, and you know, or for, for, you know, the last 10 months and then, you know, and demos for the others, I guess. Is the deal. I honestly think like, I mean, and, and this might just have been, I think it's, I think it's them trying to directly compete, but I also think it's, they're also cleaning up their offerings. Like it didn't ever make any sense why I needed a PlayStation plus subscription and then a PlayStation now subscription mm -hmm. necessarily other than like the streaming games and, and some of the, like, but no one, like people mm -hmm. never, I don't, I think we, they probably looked at their subscription numbers were like, Hey, people aren't taking advantage of this. They don't understand it. Um, they saw, see Microsoft bundling gold with 
Xbox Live Ultimate mm-hmm. and or not Ultimate, but um, Game Pass Ultimate, and mm-hmm. it just like it just makes sense in a way that PlayStation Now didn't before, you know? Like, they're yeah. just cleaning up their offerings. Yeah, and PlayStation Now always was, like, too much for me. Like, it was, it was both too much on the price point, but it was also just, like, it's like, why do I need all the, like, why do I need, a, like, all that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and especially, like, uh, so many of them were just streaming for the longest time um, and couldn't be downloaded. And so, and and in fact, like, some of these will be only streaming forever. I think pretty much all the play, PlayStation 3 games, because that box was so drastically different on the inside um, than the current like boxes. Um, I think those are still pretty much only able to be streamed. Like they're not able to be downloaded to your device and run natively. Um, So like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was always like PlayStation now was too much. And so now it seems like, yeah, this PlayStation, what is it? PlayStation plus extra. Is that the, is that the, that's the middle tier? Yeah. PlayStation here. Let me. It's so go, confusing the names that like they're just pulling names out. Yeah, of PlayStation hat. Plus Extra. Yeah. Okay. So PlayStation Plus Extra, that tier in particular, somewhat appeals to me. Like, yeah. uh, you know, that might be something I'll take advantage of. Well, it's just, our, you know, it's just an extra five bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and you know yeah you just add that on and it's like okay cool I have access to. Returnal, which is a game that I wouldn't buy outright. Like even whenever it's on sale, I look at it and I'm like, hmm, but I hear it's real hard and I don't like want to dive in and I don't want to like buy this game if it's, if I'm just going to drop it because it's real hard. But if I had the subscription service, I would try it. I would immediately download it and I would be trying it tonight. So like, you know, that's the, that's the benefit of these types of services is that like the trying games and the discoverability of those things like that appeals to me a lot. So having an access, having access to like this growing catalog of older first party PlayStation games, like feels like a a decent value for that $5 extra a month, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think Microsoft kind of has, you know, maybe an answer to this. You want to, yeah, so so the next piece of news it's it's from Windows Central. And now this isn't like an Xbox announcement, but it is this article's written by Jez Corden and they have and, and Windows Central generally on their stuff as far as like, you know, rumors, leaks, that sort of thing goes. And so this article is titled Exclusive Microsoft is planning to move ahead with an Xbox Game Pass family plan. Um, and so they go in through, uh, in this article, I'm say, so I had heard, uh, Microsoft's desire to create a family plan quite a while ago at this point, although there were details to work out about how royalties might be distributed, how licenses from third party publishers would be compensated for users who weren't attached to the main plan. And, uh, but now according to trusted sources familiar with Microsoft's efforts, we can now confirm that Xbox is moving ahead with the Xbox game pass family plan, which should or could be set to launch sometime this year. So that's the news. Like that's the thing is like, okay, so like Xbox is probably going to announce probably around E3, which was, we'll end up talking about in a second, Chris, but Microsoft will announce, uh, some sort of a Xbox game pass family plan. Um, and it says it's supposed to be up to, (laughs) up to five, uh, different accounts. Um, within the same country. 
is the is what the the details of yeah, that's so crazy. Like, I mean, I think people <laughs> like Netflix are are like, or like let's say YouTube TV, man, they are they are uh, upset if you have anybody outside of the same zip code. Yeah, so people like Netflix. <laughs> You know they're they're starting to crack down on anybody who's not in the same house. Yeah, uh, the, Microsoft is like, ah, anybody, any five people in the same country, your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then like I, you know, I made the point where it's like it's like as if, as if like you know, oh, but my family, like we have family living on the other side of the planet. Like it's, you know, right. it's, it's just like, that's <laughs> none of this. It, it both is too broad and also like too restrictive and narrow. If you like wanted to find it by like the, the title of the service. This is the thing. I mean, I, so I, I mean, yes, I think they make money off their service. I, I mean, Microsoft just like wants people to play games, you know, that's really, that's yeah. really it. Uh, well, and, and then they say that anybody who like plays games on Game Pass, they play more games and then they buy more things. Um, they spend right, like fifty yeah, percent more money on on gaming than the people who don't. And so, th- like their thing is, it's like, okay, well, we may not make money on the service, or we may not like make as much money on the service, but we make um, more money within like the confines of like, Oh yeah. DLC. We sell that. We sell, you know, like lots of things like that. So yeah. Fascinating. Chris, I, uh, I'm in, I'm in for a family service, you know, it's just like, yeah, might as well start, I mean, let's start you know, batching all together, you know, get five, <laughs> five people, five, five family members, Chris. Yeah. It's kind it's crazy, dude. In the so most crazy. Vin Diesel sense of the word, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's all about family. It's all about family. <laughs> That's the news. All right, John. It's time to uh, to talk about E3 real quick. E3. So, yeah, this is a an article from uh, IGN. Um, by written by Rebecca Valentine. E3 2022 digital and physical. We talked about digital a few weeks ago or months ago. That they canceled the the physical, mm-hmm. um, and we were saying, "Hey, it. we hope they do a, a digital." Yeah, but now it's canceled too. <sighs> After previously canceling its in-person E3 2022 event, the ESA has now informed its partners that there will be no digital event equivalent this year, meaning E3 2022 has been fully canceled. The news broke via a tweet from Razor PR lead Will Powers, who said that an email had been sent out. Announcing the cancellation of a digital E3 event, IGN has independently verified the contents of the email as well. The ESA had initially planned for an in-person E3 event this year after having no event in 2020 due to COVID-19 and a digital one in 2021. However, this was canceled in January with the ESA at the time unable to make a public statement on whether or not there would be a digital equivalent. According to sources speaking to IGN at the time, discussions around E3 had been fraught throughout the year, with third parties normally involved finding the ESA's ongoing silence regarding their plans frustrating. Sources connected to the event tell IGN that discussions about a possible digital equivalent have been ongoing ever since, but without strong momentum to drive them. Instead, the ESA seems to be making plans to regroup for a larger comeback in 2023. IGN has reached out to the ESA for comment. Um, so here's here's my quick analysis, John, that I want to I want to get your take. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like we talked last year about like how the way that they did E3 digitally just like did not work, didn't really like uh, 
well, seemed like it had a lot of momentum or, um, you know, a lot of people on board, especially when people like Sony just don't even take part in it anymore. And yeah, they decided to um, do their own thing. Yeah, and everyone was just kind of doing their own their own thing, roughshod, irregardless of E3, and and it kind of just kind of turned into like, okay, this is a bunch of independent um, games and a couple of big publishers who are who are talking about their stuff. Um, they must have like either had not had enough participants or like, you know, just had not not enough interest um, in returning. And and dude, like this is the thing, you know, it says they're wanting to blow it out in twenty twenty three. That's all great. Um, but you gotta have the develop the like the publishers and developers there and and on board. And I don't know that I feel like they've at this point they've had three years or they will have th- had three years of uh, running their marketing plans the way they want to without regard to E three. And I feel like it's gonna be hard to get them back on board. Yeah, I mean, you figure like a lot of them have have seen success with their individual streams where like they're not crunching to get trailers out the door. They just like basically uh, schedule events, digital events, um, Nintendo Direct style. Once they have those trailers available, rather than like, hey, we have to, you know, fit to the ESA's schedule. Um, and so that kind of, you know, could save money in a lot of ways and could save like a lot of, you know, effort in a lot of ways. So that seems preferable in in many cases. Um, also you wouldn't have to fight with like the, uh, the Microsoft and Sony announcements. Like, you know, you think figure Ubisoft, um, you know, doing their press conferences or, or, you know, kind of gets overshadowed a lot of times. Um, some of their, you know, their announcements maybe don't stack up with some of the other announcements that have happened. Um, and so if Ubisoft can do a Ubisoft direct or something like that, like, uh, on their own, they can kind of own that news cycle for, for a longer period of time than if they were piled all together with, you know, Microsoft and Sony. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, you're probably like you, you're onto something. And we talked about, I guess it was in J- January, whenever they canceled the in-person event. It's like E3 had been struggling as an in-person event even for a few years. Like there was like they started slowly. We're like, oh, we're gonna tell sell um, a limited number of public tickets to this thing, right? And we're you know we're gonna have you know these public days and and so like they they were already like struggling to to kind of find their footing even as like a physical event and then to have to pivot completely into like digital events and then just like kind of haphazardly do that for not just the first year because it's like okay that's understandable for the first year but then the second year like it's it was just as haphazard you know it's just like oh my goodness um and so now here we sit and it's like okay uh, I guess, yeah, regroup for 2023, but yeah, you, you have a lot of, I mean, the ESA doesn't put out games. They don't have, <laughs> they don't have developers. Like they rely all solely on external sources for their event. And if that just doesn't work out, um, I don't see, I don't, I don't see it necessarily snapping back, man. <laughs> I know, man. Um, it's uh, it's concerning for sure. I mean, I still, I, I think I've said before, I still like E3. I still yeah. like, you know, it's basically, you know, feels like Christmas morning for, for uh, video games. I don't feel like there's anything else like it in term in, in entertainment. You know, where people just kind of get together and like it's this huge 
blowout of entertainment news. Um, and it's just, you know, generally kind of a big celebration of gaming and there's a community that, you know, kind of got built around it. Um, the, even, you know, people in mainstream media pick up what's happening at E3 and the mm -hmm. announcements. And without it, like, it just kind of, everything just kind of fizzles, you know? Um, yeah. And so I'm going to be bummed if it doesn't happen again. Yeah, and I guess, like, you look at the the big draw for a long time there was like okay well video games the mainstream kind of doesn't pick up on them right like and so piling all together all these announcements within you know a week and a half of each other it does draw all of the the kind of mainstream outlets um to to cover it a little bit and be like oh the big the big video game convention thing happened in you know anaheim this week and 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 like that was a way to do that but these days like you know with games that are as large as like Fortnite and like uh, just just gaming is different and bigger and more mainstream just in general these days, um, and so I don't know that it necessarily needs that that news beat as an industry. Um, and then as an as a consumer, I, I did talk about how like okay as a as a publisher, you kind of get lost in the in the 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 overwhelming you know wave of video game news sometimes but as a consumer i would rather that um because i would rather sit down for like a th you know three or four days and be like all of this stuff is happening in three or four days and then you know and then like that's it whereas like now like the last couple of years it's just been it's felt like every two or three weeks, like somebody's announced something like, and I feel like I miss it. I feel like I miss so many things because I like, it wasn't just the singular focus of E3 grabbing my attention for four days, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I, if it doesn't come back, I'm, I'm real going to miss it. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a bummer. I know. Same. So Chris, what do you think Microsoft's going to do? Microsoft has always like held the line with like, Hey, we do an E3 thing. We are doing E3. And uh, they've been big proponents of, uh, of of always doing the E3 thing, um, and Nintendo same. Like they they'll like schedule their their directs and things around E3. So like, what do you think? Do you think they're gonna still do that like first week of June? You think they're gonna pile them together? What, what's the what's the plan? Well, Nintendo here? kind of like didn't really actually do it at E3. They kind of just did it around E3 last time. So I think I don't think uh, they kind of let. That's the kind of my point earlier. Like they didn't really let E3 affect anything anyway. So I think mm -hmm. Nintendo will probably keep doing their you know, regular rhythm. Um, Xbox, I don't know. Like, they've got a lot going on, like, with these studio acquisitions. So, like, I can totally see where they want to get out in front of people and and talk to people about what's going on. I mean, we probably um, have uh, a, uh, you would think, you know, a, a Forza game coming out this year, the regular Forza. Um, we might have, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what first-party games that that are close to being finished because we haven't, you know, heard from them all, all along those lines in a long time. But I can't really imagine a, a world in which they don't in some way make a big splash about their holiday lineup and all the studio acquisitions that they've done and everything that they're working on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, when does that happen? And I guess like at this point, well, it doesn't matter for, you know, any, any reason they can do it whenever, whenever's best for them. Yeah, dude. I mean, and, and yeah, now they can just do whenever, which is good. You know, like they don't have to have to do it around E3 um, if it's really a have to for them. I think like they always liked the kind of natural momentum that 
E3 uh, created around this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, kinda... and, and Phil Spencer has always been, yeah, like you said, has been a uh, has been a huge proponent of E3. Yeah, he. I mean, he like. I think he's like on the record of being like, yeah, it's, I, E3 is a very positive thing for the industry. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, it's uh, you know, to to not have it, yeah, you know, completely, like, not even have a, a, a the shadow of its former self. It just is like, oh man, this is just uh, just a bit of a bit of a bummer. But you know, we'll see what happens, Chris. I don't know. Like, it, it could end up being fine. Like, couldn't it be better? E3 2023 might happen, and it's like it is revamped and better than ever. We'll have to find out whenever you know next year rolls around. Yep. All right, John. Well, that's it for this week. Um, we uh, teased. I don't know if we teased it last week. I wanted to review the Batman with Cody, uh, but then we forgot about it. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna try to try to get that done this next weekend. It sounds awesome. So uh, stay tuned for that. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com, on social at Chris Wright 250 And John Wright 777 And at StayOnTargetPod. Please go to your podcast service of choice, review us, tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.